Honey, you've been very ill, and they've had to amputate your hands and feet. Words we never imagined that we would hear. My husband's eyes were shining love when he told me that inconceivable news. We had struggled so much throughout our ten years of marriage. In fact, the first words that came to my mind were, "Haven't we been through enough?" In those ten years, as we faced trial after trial, I found myself asking the same question over and over again. <laughs> you probably know the one, the one we always ask ourselves when we sit in a time of uncertainty: Why? Why me? I asked that question when we were first married, living in our first home that cost quite a bit of money in a big city, and my husband lost his job. I asked it again when we lost his mother, and I watched him mourn over her death. And there I sat asking it once more when we sat in front of a doctor who looked at all our hopes and dreams in the forms of papers and tests spread out upon his desk. He looked down and looked up at us and said, "Save your money. You're going to need a test tube, baby." He had a great bedside manner. I crashed because I never imagined I wouldn't be able to have children. As a woman who did not know God or His Word, I was not equipped to deal with any of this. Life is not easy, and God's Word tells us that we will face trials and tribulations. But when we sit in trial, there is a moment in time that I call the space in between. The space in between is a moment in which we've been faced with news or changes that affect the way we see our future, that could bring the loss of hope for what we thought our life would be. Perhaps today, as you listen, you have been faced with news, or maybe in the past, that affects your health. That means you will not be proceeding with life the way you thought you would. This kind of news usually carries. A deep sense of loss. Perhaps it's a loss of a friend, a loved one, of your health, as we've spoken of, or a job. But the worst type of loss is the one that we allow to take away our hope of what we thought our future would be. In the space in between, we ask why. Why me? In that space also resides the enemy. Who, if you remember, God tells us, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And my friend, when you are sitting in a space where the future doesn't look like what you hoped for, He's coming to steal that hope. You know it, and I know it, because we have heard those words. You can't make it. You will never overcome this. What makes you think you're strong enough? He has studied humanity and us since the Garden of Eden. He knows how to trip us. But here's the beautiful part of the space in between—a space I laid in when I lost my hands and feet. Although it can carry the loss of hope of what our future could have been. The space in between can also carry hope for what our future will be in Christ. You see, lying in that hospital bed, coming to terms 
with not being with my children and not having hands and feet and a future that looked very differently than what I expected, I realized quickly that I'd come to the end of myself. And the only one who could carry me through was this Jesus who I had heard about all my life. After all, my mom always said, God can do anything. In the space in between lies the enemy coming to take your hope of what your future could be. And do you know what? Also in the space in between lies Jesus, who is coming to bring you hope for what your future can be. It may not be the future you hoped for. It may not be the future you planned. But God has great purpose for you. And that purpose can be revealed in the space in between. Because in our tears, we often find great purpose. So in the space in between is also where Jesus sits, ready to pick up the pieces of your broken heart the way he did mine and put them back together again. And to say, your burden is heavy. Come and I will give you rest for your soul. How often do we say, where is God when bad things happen? My friend, God is sitting right beside you. God is crying with you, ready to carry you and ready to hold your hand, just as he held the hand of a woman with no hands. The future king, David, faced a very long period in time in which he ran from King Saul. He would sit in hiding, wondering if he would ever get his life back. David sat in a very long space in between, running, hiding. In Psalm 56, David opens up, saying, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long. I have to say, whenever I read that, I think sounds like an average day in the corporate office to me. But he had been running. He had been hiding for so long. In his space in between, there are moments of complaint, even from the great King David. Just as we complain, why me? How could you let this happen to me, God? I am a good person. I didn't do anything to deserve this. But what I love about Psalm 56 is how quickly David turns it to his faith in God. He says right away, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Who do you put your trust in when you're afraid? Is it God? Or is it the world, the doctors, the lawyers, my friend? God is waiting for your trust, holding out his hand, waiting for you to place your trust in him. Jesus is waiting to carry that burden for you in the space in between. Stories tell us long ago, women would collect their tears in jars. Jars filled with tears would line the tombs of those who had passed. The more tears cried for you, the more valuable you were. That tradition carried on into the Victorian era when women would carry their tears in a bottle placed upon a necklace near to their hearts. 
and into the Civil War, when women would place bottles of tears in the window, awaiting the return of their husbands, soldiers in the war. And then, upon their return, if they were blessed to have them return, they would be presented this jar of how many tears were cried while they were gone. Can you imagine the joy in their hearts and the thankfulness that their wives had mourned for them, had loved them so much, had cried with them in the moments that they were in the trenches? In Psalm 56, David says to God, You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? This psalm tells us that the Lord records our tears. Whether it is by putting them into a jar or recording them in a book, he knows every tear you have cried just as he knows every hair on your head. Take a moment and think about that. If you had a room in your home reserved for the placement of every tear you cried into jars, what would that room look like? My room would have many jars. The tears I cried when I found out I couldn't have children. The tears I cried when my daughter and then my son were placed in my arms. Those would be happy tears. But the most tears I cried would go into the biggest jar and the most beautiful. It would be shimmering gold. And it would be shimmering gold for a reason. You see, when I laid in my hospital bed recovering from losing my hands and feet, My daughter would sit at the side of the bed drawing pictures. She was only five years old. And one day she drew a picture of me and she brought it and said, Mama, look. As I gazed down upon that picture, I noticed that she had drawn boxes for my arms and legs. And my heart dropped. My heart was broken already. And this was another piece of the broken heart. I had accepted Jesus, but my heart was still hurting. But upon closer examination, I noticed something. She had colored my legs shimmering gold. And I realized that although I saw myself as perhaps a little broken at the moment, without feet and hands, God saw me as shimmering gold just the way my daughter did. So my tear jar that held the tears that carried the most purpose for me would be shimmering gold. Because in those tears were not just his purpose, but a deep love I had never imagined. How many tear jars would line your room? Most of them, I would imagine, would be a result of a space in between. A moment in time you couldn't imagine what the future would hold for you. When you felt the loss of hope creeping up upon you, and you wondered if you can overcome it. But the beauty of the space in between is that we don't have to overcome it because Christ is our overcomer. And when we place our faith in him and let him carry us and say, Lord, your will, not mine, he takes the burden. The beauty of those tears is the knowledge that God was crying with you. He loves you deeply and he has a purpose for you. I would take my jar and I would hold it tight because in it was the learning that God gave me as a gift. It made me ready to shine his light and your tear jars will make you ready to shine his light. 
so that we together can not just shine on, but shine bright. Just as he has called us to do. In those tear jars lies hope and a future in Christ. And as you reflect back upon your tear jars, I pray for you that you also find his love, hope, and future. That you know where God is in your trials, holding your hand and crying with you. And until next time, my friend, take the knowledge of what lies in those jars and shine on. Shine on to your neighbors. Shine on to your friends. Shine on every day through this time in life when we do not know what the future holds, knowing that he has called us to let our light shine and glorify our Father in heaven. Until next time, shine on and shine bright.